Hey there. My name is Aubrey Henderson. I'm a self-worth coach and professional calm in the chaos. I believe that when you're feeling stuck in your life and you can't decide on the next right step, that getting some perspective or a pep talk from someone outside of your shoes can be an absolute game changer. This podcast is that pep talk. Every week, I'll share my responses to listener questions, real life coaching sessions, and interviews about topics that you can connect with and learn from. All things that will help you to reconnect with your own self-worth and inner goodness and vision for your life so you can feel great and get shit done. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Just wanted to give a quick heads up that this episode does contain a few very vague and oblique references to abuse and to trauma. Nothing that we're going to talk about at any level of detail, but, um, you know, the words abusive relationship and, you know, mentions of trauma and how we care for ourselves um, when we've experienced trauma are included here. So wanted to give that heads up so we don't catch anyone by surprise. Hey there, welcome to the very first full episode of the Ask Aubrey podcast. I received some really good submissions from folks since releasing my trailer and announcing the podcast, and so we'll be digging into one of those today. Uh, Just as a reminder, I am always looking for submissions from you. So these can be questions you want answered, dilemmas that you need help figuring out, things you just want to hear me talk about. I'm ready for it. So you can send me a question through the contact form at my website. That's aubreyhenderson.com. Or you can find me on social. Um, I'm at Aubrey on Instagram. That's A4Hs, B-R-E-E. Um, and I'm at Aubrey Henderson Coaching on Facebook. Uh, So you could send me DMs there. You can also just email me directly. So that email is hello at aubreyhenderson.com. So folks have sent things in all of those mediums, and I am fine with any way that you want to reach out to me. Um, And actually, if you're listening on the Anchor app, uh, you can send me a voice message through the app. So that would actually be really super fun. So please do that if that is of interest uh, to you at all. It would be super cool to hear somebody ask their question or share their topic of interest in their own voice um, and I can include it in the show. So I actually will send some kind of treat or something fun to anybody who who wants to do that. So if you send me a voice message, I'll send you something cool. I don't know what yet, but I promise it will be something cool. Okay, so I'm really excited to talk about this first question, which was submitted through my website. And the subject was, in all caps, relationships. But how, though? (laughs) I'm really excited about this one, so let's just get right into it. Aubrey, I have a question that has been rattling in my mind and soul for months now. I recently just broke up with a very kind, gentle, giving man who I was not in love with no matter how hard I tried to be. My question is this, how do we balance not settling for less than the happiness I know we can create for ourselves in relationships while also making sure we aren't chasing an unattainable perfection? Is it too much to ask for a partner that is kind and gentle and caring while also being passionate and driven? Is it possible to have chemistry with someone and compatibility of personalities and similar life goals and all the other thousands of things that seem required to make a relationship work? 
How do we decide what to compromise on? And furthermore, how do we navigate all of this when we have a traumatic relationship in the past that makes all other complaints seem minor because, quote, at least he isn't abusive, end quote, is always the thought at the back of my mind. Sorry if that's too long. It's a biggie. Wow. So for one, thank you for this question and do not apologize. If you know me in real life, you know that I am I am big on stopping people uh, who apologize in unnecessary ways. And, you know, you do not need to apologize at all for this question. Um, this is a great one. And I know for me, I read this and there are things I I saw the ways that I saw myself in this and I think there are I'm sure there are other people who are going to be reading this and thinking the same like oh is this is it me who sent in this question um so thank you for sending this in the first place and I want to say that I'm proud of you for being able to make a choice to end a relationship um when it didn't feel right for you and you know to make the decision that is is best for you ultimately even when I imagine that You know, from your letter, there are doubting voices in your head saying, you know, but he is gentle, kind, giving, generous, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Just because something is good doesn't mean it's right. And so I just want to give you that affirmation that that is a big deal, that you made a choice that felt, felt right for you and that honored you. And so congrats on doing that. I think your question is a real one. It's just, it's a really good one. And it's big too. It's, you know, ultimately what you're asking is how do we have standards for ourselves, hold those standards in place, uh, pursue a relationship that kind of checks all of our boxes of all the things that are important to us uh, without ruling out something that's genuinely good, but not perfect. You know, letting that perfect relationship be the enemy of the good, something that could be good and could truly make us happy. Um, But on the other hand, how much is too much to compromise? We know that compromise is an inherent part of being in a relationship. But when are we compromising too much? You know, how do we pick the things that we're going to compromise on? And I first just want to say, I'm so glad you bring up this trauma piece in your letter because it's really, really important. And, you know, the first thing I will say, and you'll hear me say this a lot, is if it's accessible to you, um, I really recommend therapy to, you know, have a space where it's all about you and you can, you know, kind of explore that impact that your trauma has had on you and continues to have on you um, in a safe place where space is being held for you and with somebody who, you know, has appropriate training to hold that space for you and to help you navigate through that in a safe way. Um, But I also realized that therapy is not accessible to everybody and that not everybody has, you know, access to mental health care. Um, So one thing I'll say, and I say this all the time, um, if you are connected with me on social in any way, um, if you are interested in therapy, if you want to, you know, get some kind of therapeutic mental health care and you're having trouble finding something that is accessible to you, please reach out to me. You can reach out to me directly. Um, you know, I'll in the description, I'll link all of the ways you can connect with me. Um, but reach out. I will help you. I'll help you see what we can do, see if we can find something. Um, and I've, you know, I've helped people do this before. And I, you know, would love to be a thought partner on this. I don't want you to just, you know, say like therapy's not in the cards for me because, you know, 
I haven't been able to find something that I can afford. Um, and for some people that may ultimately be true. I don't want to deny that reality, but all I'm saying is I, I'm here. I'm happy to help look in places that you may not have thought to look to connect you with people that I know who are in your area, um, who may have more info than me. Um, and yeah, this doesn't just go for folks who live in the New York City area, which is where I am. So just wanted to state that out loud. And, um, you know, so for this person who's reaching out, like I think the ways that that your trauma is informing this and, you know, the fact that you, oh, this just broke my heart that you said, you know, um, you've got the, the voice playing on loop that says, quote, at least he isn't abusive is just, and I mean, for me, I... I connect with that very much. I have that same voice. Um, and you know, that's, that's what trauma does. It creates, creates kind of like a paradigm in our minds that, that gives us a different narrative about what we deserve. And the reality is you deserve, not only do you deserve better than a situation that feels abusive and traumatic or that is abusive and traumatic for you, you deserve much better than that leaps and bounds better. And so, you know, what I would say about that is like, you're already acknowledging that that voice is not, is not giving you accurate information. When that voice tells you you're unhappy, but at least, you know, much worse thing, that voice is not accurate. It's not, it's not giving you good information. And so I think already by acknowledging that that voice is, is playing a role, you are seeing growth in yourself. And I would just say like that, that voice is there. Your trauma is there for a reason. It's trying to protect you. It's trying to, you know, have you avoid putting yourself out there, potentially getting hurt and, you know, trying to have you, what you've kind of described is like, it's trying to have you settle with something that's not deeply, deeply traumatic, but you're also acknowledging it as like, it's also not on the other end of the spectrum of like what I think the best could possibly be for me. And so, I mean, I think what we get into there is like, ultimately you're getting at the right questions, right? Like no relationship is going to be perfect, period. I don't, I just don't believe this is true. I think there are a lot of relationships where people are super, super compatible and that's amazing. And you, you know, somebody checks, like, it seems like just about every single, every single checkbox you have of what you're looking for in a partner. But the reality is, what you're seeing of other relationships is, and I, you know, I know people say this all the time, but like what you're seeing of other relationships is usually only the highlight reel of that relationship. So I think in pretty much every relationship, there is at least one, if not quite a few sticking points that are really tough that people are working through together where that other person, you know, isn't quite exactly where their quote ideal partner would be. But the reality is when we're in relationships, we're in relationships with other human beings. So nobody's going to be absolutely perfect for you. That person doesn't exist. And in fact, I feel like we create kind of an ideal human for ourselves. But we know that that doesn't exist. That person isn't real. And we can often use that to self-sabotage in relationships. And so what you're saying is how do I not take it to the other extreme where I'm not sabotaging a good thing? because I have this unrealistic expectation of a perfect thing and where I'm not, you know, settling for a thing that's like not that great just because it's not absolutely terrible and the worst I've ever experienced. 
So then I think your question gets in another good place, which is how do I decide what the things are that I'm going to compromise on? And with that, there's not, I mean, I know this is unsatisfying, but there's not, there's not one perfect answer to that, right? Everybody's, everybody's answer is going to be a little bit different. And so, you know, for me, I have, and, you know, spoiler alert for anybody who doesn't know me or follow me on social yet, um, which many of you listening right now probably do, but, you know, maybe eventually there'll be someone who's listening for the first time, unfamiliar with me. I'm married, um, to a wonderful woman and, um, our relationship is also not perfect, but that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, I, so I'm not actively seeking out personally, um, a partner at this time, but I still, you know, in the times that I have been dating or the, you know, the relationships I have, and this goes for my relationships with friends too, actually, is that, you know, there are things that are absolute deal breakers. There are things that like I cannot compromise on. It's just not going to work. And the more you've been in relationships, again, whether it's right now we're talking romantic, but this goes for everyone who's going to be close with you in your life, who's going to access you and your energy. Uh, You have to have things that are deal breakers for you, things that are, you know, somebody has to have a certain quality or like it's not going to work for you. And so once you define what those things are, then you're able to kind of define the things that are nice to haves, but maybe not so important. Another piece of this letter that is so interesting to me is where, you know, the person uses the phrase, not settling for less than the happiness I know we can create for ourselves in relationships. The happiness I know we can create for ourselves in relationships. And I think that is, that is so compelling to me because like I, you know, like I was speaking about before, we have this idea that like, and I think this is especially kind of fed to young women. We're kind of poisoned with this with, you know, the way that we talk about love in movies and fairy tales and, you know, this idea that, you know, you're going to meet the one and it's going to be perfect and it's always going to be easy. It's going to be completely effortless um, and without any problems or stress is complete and total bullshit. I'm sorry it is. And, you know, even when you're in a good relationship a quote, good relationship. And again, that means something different to everybody. It's, you're going to have difficult times. You are going to struggle because it is hard to be in relationship with another person. You are going to disappoint each other. You are going to not meet each other's expectations. That is simply going to happen if you are in relationship with someone for long enough and you are being authentically yourself because you are two separate human beings. And that is always going to be true. And so I love this idea of how we create happiness for ourselves in relationships. It gives kind of like an active position to, you know, this this person who's writing in has an active position in how they're thinking about their story in relationships. And so often we think about relationships as like, let me find the perfect person who's going to be my, quote, perfect match. And who is, you know, with whom I'm not going to have any problems, any struggle, any difficulty. And we're just going to be happy. It's just going to happen. We're going to be together and magically we are happy forever, period, end of sentence, until the end of time. And while I think the ideal relationship is one where you feel you can be authentically yourself and experience a lot of happiness, that's something that takes active work. And maybe initially in relationships, there's that time that it's really exciting and that you, you know, you feel kind of that like 
effuse of joy to be around the person and things are still new and fresh and all of that. And it might feel happy all the time and without a whole lot of effort. Um, ultimately, you know, things in the relationship will get a little more challenging or difficult or at the very least might feel a little stale. And so happiness is something you have to take an active role in creating. And I also think it's so interesting because this writer, you know, has has already worked to create happiness. They have identified a relationship that wasn't what they wanted it to be and made a hard fucking choice, but made the choice to say, I can level up from this. Like, this is good, but it's not right. It's not what I want. Just because it's good enough doesn't mean that I am, you know, doing my best or that I am in the best situation for me. And just to explicitly answer um, some of the direct questions that this letter writer asks, is it too much to ask for a partner that is kind and gentle and caring while also being passionate and driven? No, it's not too much to ask. Um, Is it possible to have chemistry with someone and compatibility of personalities, similar life goals, and all the other thousands of things that seem required to make a relationship work? So that's a multi-part question. Yes, I think it is possible to have chemistry with someone and compatibility of personality and similar life goals. Now, I like that what you're saying here, and you kind of, you know, get into some, I think, intentional hyperbole here of all the thousands of other things that seem required to make a relationship work. I do think it's possible to have somebody who has a compatible personality to yours and that you have romantic or sexual chemistry with. I think that that's absolutely possible. Also, there are so many fucking human beings in this world. There are so many people out there. So like, I think that absolutely is possible. Um, and then I think this reference to all of the thousands of other things that seem required to make a relationship work. I ultimately think that the things are re- that are required to make a relationship work are up to you. It's what's required for you to want to invest your energy and your time and your love and care into a person in your relationship with them. I think you're the only one who gets to decide what's required. Well, you and that person. But you're the only one who gets to decide what's required for you to want to make that relationship work. And then, of course, that other person has to make that same decision, and those decisions have to be compatible. But there is no checklist. There is no checklist of you know what absolutely must be true for you to be able to have a relationship with someone. I mean, I know people who are so radically different, who have so many qualities that seem on the outside or to, you know, a quote, objective observer to be incompatible. But there are two people who have decided to make shit work and who have decided I'm going to invest in making this relationship work, this thing that is different or this thing that is dissimilar or seemingly at odds with me and what I believe or how I live, that thing is not a deal breaker for me. That thing does not stop me from wanting to invest and pursue in this relationship. And like, that's not to say there's a value judgment. Like maybe, maybe in in that same situation for you, that thing would be a deal breaker. I think that all the time. I mean, I think I talk to people about their relationships and if I map myself into that same relationship, if I take out one person and replace myself, I think that would be a deal breaker for me. Like it would be game over. But for everybody, that thing is different. There might be things in my relationship that if somebody else was slotted in, they would be like, oh, that doesn't work for me. That would be a deal breaker. 
but they're not the one in the relationship. I'm the one in the relationship. My partner is the one in the relationship with me. And so ultimately, you're the only one that can make that decision. But also, you get to decide. You get to decide what kind of standards you want to have. You get to decide what happiness means to you. For some people, happiness means that their partner has 10 billion things in common with them and you know they are very, very, very similar in a lot of ways, don't disagree on many things, et cetera, et cetera. The per- and their partner is you know, kind, gentle, all of those things. For some people, they couldn't care less if their partner is you know, in full disagreement with them on like many topics that are important, as long as that person is principled, as long as that person believes deeply and fiercely in what they believe, that's what's important. It's the conviction that's important. And I think for you, you're asking if, you know, you can, you can ask for a certain level of ambition and, um, I'm trying to see the other words you used, passionate driven. Those are qualities you're looking for. And you're also looking for someone who's kind and gentle and caring. I know many, many people who embody those things together. That's not an either or. And, you know, people are multidimensional. People are multifaceted. And I think if we've struggled in our lives to find, like, for example, here, if you've struggled to find a partner who is kind and gentle and caring, and this is the first relationship you've been in, or like, you, maybe you haven't been in many relationships where somebody is, has been kind and gentle and caring as like their primary traits, then you're going to be like, oh shit, am I ever going to find this again? Is that, it's that scarcity mentality, right? It's that idea of like, if I let this go, what if I never find it again? And moving through the world that way keeps us scared. It keeps us afraid and it keeps us in relationships where you know, it's missing big pieces, but there's something in here that we really want. And we're afraid that if we let it go, that there's not enough out there. There's not enough for me out there. There's nothing more out there for me in terms of partners who are kind and gentle and caring. And it's simply untrue. It's not true. But what that goes back to is it's your trauma. It's the, the information that the world has given you about the fact that, you know, the potential partners for you, the people who you end up in relationship with are not going to be kind. They're not going to be gentle with you. They're not going to care about you. They're going to be X, Y, and Z type of people. And, you know, the people that you have met who are passionate and driven are not nurturers. They are not people who are going to tend to that more you know, tender part of you, that part of you that has been through some shit and that needs somebody to like hold it gently. And the reality is that that person is out there. You might in fact be that type of person. I mean, I would encourage you to think about that. You know, are are you able to be kind and gentle and caring to your partners? My guess would be that maybe, yes, you are because you value that in someone else. Are you also passionate and driven? I'm going to venture a guess that you are because you're looking for that in a partner. You're able to hold both and you're able to hold both as being important. And so I would just say that, no, it's absolutely, it's absolutely not unreasonable for you to want that and to hold out hope for that.
And the thing that I would also say is just that, you know, we also live in a culture where we are fearful of what it means to be alone. And we categorize being alone as not being in a relationship, being single. Um, But also think about where you find, you know, some of these qualities from people that you're just in friendship with or have relationships with that aren't romantic, people in your family. Where can you draw from some of that? I mean, I would guess that kindness, caring, gentleness, these are things that things that you value because you've seen them somewhere. So lean into that a little bit. You know, look at the relationships in your life where you are getting those things and spend time in that and how good that feels. And then also spend time with people who are passionate and driven, the people who inspire you. Because chances are they're also hanging out with some other people who are passionate and driven and can inspire you too. And ultimately, like, I think it's, you know, it comes down to you. It comes down to the standards you're going to set for your life. It comes down to, you know, an, a more abundant mindset of, you know, there are, there are people out there for me. There is more out there for me, period. It's not, you know, the scarcity mindset that keeps us settling for things that don't make us happy. And I think the fact that you were brave enough to, you know, to end a relationship that felt good but not great, it says a lot about you. It says about it says a lot about how passionate and driven you are about finding something that is going to enhance your life, about not staying in a relationship just because you want to be in a relationship or just because someone has some good qualities, but you want a relationship that is going to really enhance your life. It's going to add something to what you already have within yourself. And to me, I think that's what many of the best relationships are. It's people who help us to be even greater versions of ourselves. It's people who, you know, aren't like solving for deficiencies that we have necessarily. It's, you know, it's not people who are you know, holding us together so we don't fall apart. It's people who are who help us to be our whole selves and, you know, who enhance the best parts of ourselves and who also are generous with the best parts of themselves. I believe that you can find that. I really do. And I don't think that your standards are too high. I don't think that you're asking for too much. And I think we also have to remember that relationships are going to be work. You know, it's not, it's not ever going to be easy with anybody. And honestly, I don't think we necessarily want easy, you know? Yeah, we want something that doesn't feel exhausting all the time, that isn't so labor intensive that it's always hard. But, you know, through the hard shit is where we find intimacy, You know, someone you can go into some conflict with and you can talk it through and work through it together, navigate it, and then come out the other side closer and knowing them even better. That's the really good stuff. That's what ultimately we're looking for. And again, not in just our romantic relationships, but in all of our relationships. And so I just really hope that, you know, um, letter writer, what you take away is that You're not asking too much. You deserve exactly the type of relationship that you want, period. And I hope that you find it. 
I believe that you will. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson, and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty rad. Or you can send a good old-fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babes.